Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Anxiety is a pretty popular topic these days, I would say, that, you know, we're living, you know, at the time of uh, recording this episode, we're in the midst of the uh, COVID pandemic. And I would say, Pete, would you agree with this even before? I mean, I would say if there's so much more awareness of of anxiety now that, you know, I read, I feel like I'm reading all the time news articles yeah. about increased anxiety with adolescents, anxiety with social media. Uh, so if we're you're alive, you got anxiety. Yeah. If you're alive, you've got anxiety. So, you know, we really thought it'd be important to to talk a little bit about anxiety today provide some, uh, I think, you know, necessary and helpful psychoeducation about why we even have it since a lot of people come see us and say, get rid of hey, it. Yeah. Hey doc, <laughs> I really want to get rid of this. And I'm like, okay, totally get that. Yeah. Well, unfortunately that's, I can't help you with that part, but we can help regulate it and, and just speak a little bit about, um, how we might, you know, want to interact with our anxiety in different ways. Yeah. A lot of us want to get rid of it. I mean, I don't like to feel it, you know, no, me neither. Who does yeah, straight up put it out there. Well, I mean, I, I wonder about like astronauts or like some of these really like, uh, like thrill seeking behavior people. Like, I, I don't know, you know, I, I've always been curious about that. I think they, from, this is very anecdotal. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking I should think of a friend who, um, a, a very, very good surfer who like, you know, I don't know, surfs like. Follows those big waves. Yeah. Like surfs like Not 20 me. foot waves. Uh, who, who doesn't describe, actually describes having low levels of anxiety. It's more like adrenaline in those situations, more That's like right. a high. So, yeah. I, I think that's important. But I would imagine they're better. They're, they're able to regulate, or they have a better relationship with their anxiety. My sense is that's what I'm. I'm I just gonna. I, I think they. Well, I, I think there's. I, there, I know there's some research on. Um, I'm going to blank on his name, but that rock climber that you know. Uh, know. There's a, there's this famous. It was just a documentary about him. He he went up um, Half Dome, I think it was at Yosemite, yeah. and you know he does uh, free solo is the name of the oh, documentary. Okay. Yeah. And I and he they like looked at his brain an fMRI scan and it, it was like his amygdala, which is the fear center of the brain, was yeah. actually like smaller or like yeah. not as activated. So I want a smaller amygdala. <laughs> I think every I, <laughs> don't we all absolutely well because I always and I know this I'm gonna go on the tangent a little bit but like when I watch I guess Elon Musk had um his his like people went to this you know to 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 to, to space uh-huh and like seeing you know now it, it's so real now in the 21st century where you can like see you know you watch the whole the takeoff whole, and the then whole thing inside yeah. this capsule and I'm all like oh hell no well, like, <laughs> well, we get, well, so I think when you're like, oh, I wish I had a smaller amygdala. So obviously with this, I'm so sorry, I'm blanking this guy's name, but, um, this climber, uh, in free solo. Yeah. That's amazing what he did. And it, it actually contributes to significantly more risky behaviors. Right? right. So I think that's actually maybe an important lead in about why did evolution select for, <laughs> why food? do we need a bigger bullet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do Alex we need Honnold. it? Okay. Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold. I don't even, you know what? I don't even think I knew his name. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I think it doesn't is, sound though. familiar at all, but I knew, but I knew the documentary. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Pete, will you, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about, like, so maybe take a 40,000 year, uh, time travel expedition right now and about like <laughs> what, what was going on when we were, you know, out looking for berries one day and there's saber tooth tigers roaming around. You want to be nervous of the saber tooth tigers. 
you know, so that's yeah. the evolutionary piece. So what we do in the third wave CBT is say that anxiety is, is, is adaptive. It's adaptable. Uh, you want to have it. Uh, and so one of the things I find myself often saying is that you need to just build a relationship with it. And so to understand that if you're going out hunting for food, you need to have, you know, your eyes in the back of your head to understand when mm-hmm. you need to be on alert, that fight, flight, or deer in headlight, sympathetic nervous system activating to protect ourselves. Yeah. And let's maybe let's give a little bit more information about what you just said, because those are all some really important pieces. Because again, people are like, yeah, 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 but I don't want to have it. I'm like, okay, but let's, <laughs> let's just, but let's remember that evolution didn't, didn't pick these things for no reason, right? That's so right. like what, what, what Pete's really talking about is that, yeah, if you're out looking for berries one day and we know there's saber-toothed tigers roaming around the forest, it was really helpful to be afraid if we, you know, thought that there might be a saber-toothed tiger near, nearby. We, we actually see one or we hear it rustling in the bushes yeah. because we didn't, you know, our 40,000 year old ancestors, they didn't have language like we had. So what gave us information? Emotions. So fear shows up. It tells you to get the hell out of there. That kept our species. It's like a text alive. message from 40. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's the, it's the original, uh, the original, text message. original text message. Well, because, you know, and I love this, this in, in evolutionary psychology, there's a lot of like dorky sayings. And one of my favorite ones is that, you know, there, there were probably prehistoric humans that, that didn't, feel afraid and didn't run when, when, um, they thought there might be danger. They're not our ancestors because they got eaten sometimes. Right? <laughs> like, like those genes did not get passed down to us. So, yeah. so we, we want to start by honestly, like respecting that yeah. this is something that does serve a function mm-hmm. even today. You know, if you are, you know, I don't know, walking uh, alone down a dark street and you hear somebody begin to like walk up on you very fast, you know, I don't know. With you want to feel yes. You want to feel afraid that that's yes. that that serves a protective function. So that's right. I really like to start there because otherwise it's like people are already in the mindset of like I got to fix this. I got to well, get the, rid of it. And what I say is that the 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 brain doesn't talk to the heart or you know so the mm. the mind doesn't talk to the emotion. So I can know all that and then I still feel anxious. Right. And I think that's part of what then you, what you and I work on because I I mean I you know it, it, it's like treating a pilot who's afraid of heights you know, or has anxiety about heights. It's, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time, would you say like hundred percent of the time that anxiety is irrational or that there is an irrational hundred percent? Oh no, not a hundred. No, no. Cause actually a lot of things, cause think actually even the heights one, like and this is important to say a lot of like phobias yeah. also have evolutionary components. Why? Like, well, you know, again, 4,000 <laughs> years ago was not a good idea to like climb up to the tallest tree. Like you could fall problem. You're not going to, how are you going to pass your jeans on? Right. That's right. Right. And if you're on like an elevator, that's like super protected or, you know, there's certain aspects of that type of stuff where like, you're probably in a mechanism in the 21st century. Right. You're not accessing, you're not accessing other pieces of information. That's right. But like, exactly. the, but the, but the old, I always kind of say like, obviously you guys can't see me, but I sort of always mime to people. Like I'll touch like the back of my skull and I'll say, yeah. it's like this back part of the brain. It's like yes. the old stuff. It's not your, it's not the front, not the front you know, the part. frontal lobe. It's not the front part where we're more conscious about things because people right. get very hard on themselves. I would say about that. Oh, be like, totally. Well, I should know it's not dangerous. It's like, I've been hard on myself the last couple of months when I've like had a night where I've been like a little restless or like unsure, mm. and it's like I'm like, wait, really? You do this, you know? Yeah. But it's really validating. I mean, I think for me, it's like hum- it's it's humbling to have those moments that come in and say, oh yeah, that's right. This is why we're still doing what we're doing because no matter how evolved and educated our brain is, uh, there's still like 40,000 years old. I mean, there's still parts that just like, like evolution works really slow. 
slowly. So it is so slow. You know, so so anyway, so um, yeah. maybe we could just kind of go back to as you mentioned the fight, flight, or freeze, and I think yes. that's also important for people to understand because that's also something that's not within voluntary control, no. right? So right. can you maybe uh, yeah, explain so, a little bit about that? So sympathetic nervousism. Uh, nervous system. So this fight, flight, <laughs> or freeze. Uh, and so one of the things I, I, what it's not in control because it's part of our central nervous yes. system. And so it's something that just activates on it by itself. So, so, and that's, for me, it's like that enteric nervous system that I also teach about mm. where you have that gut feeling and sometimes your mm-hmm. gut can pick up on danger, which mm. is probably communicating with the sympathetic. Yep. Mm-hmm. But what I think is key to also identify, yes, it's not Automatic. It's an automatic response, and the parasympathetic is the other alternative side, and they both yes. can't be up at the same time. So, one yes. of the things I work on with people is that they can work on training their parasympathetic to try and at least create a little stabilization to to at least manage the anxiety more effectively. Yeah. So people aren't so um, uh, activated all the time. Absolutely. Right. But but I think I was going to say that the part about because I'm not I, I'm going to guess some people probably don't even know what fight flight or freeze. Oh, right. Means, Thank you right. That. You yeah. know, like what, like, so, because, you know, and I'll talk a moment about like, I've seen a lot of people that have gone through uh, trauma that sure. judge their responses. So like, Ugh. can you, do we talk a little bit about like what each of those are? Yeah. So, yeah. So sympathetic when it activates fight, flight, or freeze, this is where you're either going to activate and some, you know, there's other neurotransmitters that are involved where there could be some adrenaline, cortisol. So the fight is when you kind of might get up and just, you know, some people as with trauma, for example, mm-hmm. they might just like punch their manager in the face without mm-hmm. any kind of knowing because they've mm-hmm. just gotten to this like fight thing. Um, other people uh, like myself tend to run away. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's <laughs> right? the flight. That's the just flight. escape out of a situation yes. uh, when possible. And freeze is just like, you know, you're stuck. So sometimes yes. we also say like deer in headlights where you feel like yeah. you just can't move and you don't know what to do. And anyone who's ever lived in an area where there's deer, you could be driving and all of a sudden when they, they just get stuck in, when, in your lights and you're like, yeah. oh, you know, who's going to move first? Well, and so thank you for uh, for clarifying those. And what I want to be really clear about is all three of those are adaptive for survival. So right. I would say like, again, in, in uh, especially, you know, in American culture, uh, you know, we talk a lot about context on this podcast. It's important yeah. to understand contextual lenses. Um, I would say that the fight uh, uh, response is sort of viewed most positively that if you're in danger that you're supposed to fight back. And the thing is, is is sometimes oh. fight, like if, again, 40,000 years ago, maybe a saber tiger is attacking you, you're scared, but you're going to fight back. Right. Sometimes it's more adaptive to run away. Sometimes it's adaptive to freeze. That's, That's right. why deer in a headlight, so that the predators couldn't see you, That's basically, right. right? Well, they and, said it with bears. Like, aren't you supposed to just lay there and like play dead? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to, I'm not, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not recommending to anybody. I have no idea. <laughs> but yes, but, but yeah, but that's, some, but sometimes that is, but in, in nature and obviously, yeah. Humans part of nature too. That that's important, and the reason I say that, um, I really want to be really clear about that is so in trauma, a lot of times the the freeze response is activated. That's right, right. And I've had so many patients say like judge themselves like why didn't yeah. I fight back? And it's like because mm-hmm. it's not voluntary. We don't that's know right. we don't know which of those three um, responses to anxiety and fear might show up. So that's right. again, really important to understand that these are parts of our brain that nobody chose, right? Nobody chose. We don't have a choice 40,000 years ago. It's been made up for us. And the other, you know, the thing I differentiate in in class a lot is that anxiety is really a symptom and not a diagnosis, which is like getting Mm -hmm. into the crux of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that's key because I, you know, the treatment will vary depending on the actual diagnosis within that anxiety spectrum. You, you, You with me on that? 
Yeah, I mean, yes, and so of course, another dialectic here, a both, a both, and is that yeah. I, yes, anxiety is a symptom, and we can or not, we can't. Everybody feels anxiety at some yes, point, sir. right? Like we're saying, there are adaptive times. There are times when it's not adaptive, and we feel anxious anyway. Like I don't know, we're gonna tell somebody how we feel, or giving a big prison presentation, or something like that. Right. Um, though, diagnostically, under the umbrella of anxiety disorders, there are there are things that aren't just symptoms like obsessive compulsive disorder. OCD is an example, right? That's right. a very specific type of anxiety disorder right. that the diagnosis I think is pretty important because it's going to inform. Oh, that's treatment, what I'm, you know? yeah. Oh, that's what you're getting. Oh, we're saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the treatment for OCD is going to be very different from like a generalized anxiety, yeah, which is totally. probably the most misdiagnosed thing out uh, there. Yep. Oh yeah. We're we'll going yeah. to, I'm going to do a podcast on that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because you know, and just really quick, like GAD general anxiety disorder, it's a thing that is like all encompassing. And it's like those people that really have it aren't leaving the house. And so I think, you know, generally speaking, the way I differentiate, because I think, you know, if the person's able to come to your office and they're going out and they're like kind of living their life, GAD is, it can be really, really debilitating. It's, you know, the actual diagnosis prevents them from getting to work, getting to family occasions, you know, socializing, things of that nature. Whereas like OCD, like you said, and this is uh, becoming one of your expertise areas, you know, this it could just be this obsessional thinking as part of the anxiety or just worry about getting infections, things like that. Yeah, well, and it's interesting. I mean, it, absolutely, GAD can be extremely debilitating. Though I would say, like everything, like there's a spectrum. Like you could also yeah. have the diagnosis and and not be as severe. Though I think actually it's important to talk about this too because with those diagnoses, sort of the types of thoughts and the behaviors might be a little bit different. Like in yeah. generalized anxiety disorder, there's a lot of worry. Yeah. Um, anxiety is an emotion, right? So, like I think that's another thing we want to clarify because a lot of times people and in cognitive behavioral therapies were were really um, mindful to identify and distinguish between thoughts, emotions, sensations, urges, and behaviors. Right. And a lot of times people will say, I'm worried, like as if it's an emotion. It's like, well, worrying is actually a behavior, That's right. right? Worrying yeah. worrying's a behavior. Anxiety is the emotion that it elicits. So right. we can change the worry behavior. We can reduce that in the service of regulating anxiety. But back yeah. to you know this central theme uh, Pete and I are discussing today, we're not going to get rid of your anxiety. Never. Right. So what are the things, so, so what are, um, you know, kind of weave in some of the, the Eastern practices here. Uh, what are some of the, uh, interventions that you use, uh, to help people regulate their anxiety or how to change their relationship, as you said. To sure. It? I like, yeah, it, it's building the relationship. I mean, in the Eastern practices, uh, I, you know, again, I, the anxiety would just be general suffering, you know, it would be a mm-hmm. moment of suffering. And so, you know, working on acceptance-based techniques, uh, we do see that a lot of treatment of anxiety disorders, some of the most uh, promising literature from random control trials really focuses on acceptance-based strategies, mm-hmm. building a different relationship with the thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, trying to identify the cognitive distortions, mm-hmm. uh, self-care, you know, mm-hmm. uh, exercise. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, 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 I try and help people conceptualizes that we are energy. Mm-hmm. I was writing about this recently and, and in the Chinese medicine they talk about it as chi. Yes. Uh, and so chi is this like life force. I think that's the yeah, direction. It's, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. And so the chi is a good way for me at least to like imagine what anxiety mm-hmm. can look like because yeah. the energy's there and so you could kind of think about just this like like fluid that flows through us and sometimes mm-hmm. the chi gets depleted. Right. And all of Chinese or stuck, med- right? Or it gets stuck or blocked kind of, right? Blocked, yep, because that right. could be the different channels. Um but in traditional Chinese medicine they actually look at like the level of chi and mm-hmm. I, I think some teachings feel that you can't restore it and that's why they are so focused on, you know, herbs, mm-hmm. acupuncture 
or massage Mm -hmm. because it's really about maintaining chi. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that's a good sort of image that I use a lot about what anxiety is. It's just, it's, it's just this liquid in us that sometimes, you know, we got to move it around a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why exercise helps with that too. Is this really, you know, move that around. Sleep is really important. Uh, I'll probably keep saying that over and over again because sleep, I feel like it's like, Oh, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's always, it's always, do you see that? Do you see a lot of people struggling with sleep, like sleep hygiene? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sleep hygiene, by the way, for listeners that aren't familiar with that term, I I love it. It's such a dorky term. It basically means like, (laughs) it basically means like, uh, good sleep habits is is like kind of sort of a, a, another way of saying that. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. When we're really, um, when we're really tired, we're not sleeping well, we're more susceptible to being dysregulated emotionally in any way. Um, certainly with anxiety as well. Um, What else do you use or do you practice for that? Well, you know, honestly, it's like, I would say the main thing is like mindfulness interventions, you know? So it's number one meditation. Like, uh, you know, I'll have, I'll, get people going on, um, beginning cultivating a formal practice though. A lot of informal practices of allowing and connecting with what it is that they're experiencing. So, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, mindfulness is an acceptance. It's scary. It's scary. Yeah. So there's this letting go. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share, uh, you know, because we're wrapping up here in a few moments. Uh, I, I'll, I'll share the quicksand metaphor, which I love, which is yeah. a famous metaphor in acceptance and commitment therapy that sort of illustrates how to come into contact with, with fear. And so, you know, this, and I always tell people, I'm like, this is true. Look it up. Um, <laughs> it's a real survival strategy. So it's like, imagine like you're walking in the Amazon forest and you trip and fall in some quicksand and you've, you've never been in quicksand before right. based on it. And, you know, pizza former competitive source, this is particularly relevant based on your learning history behaviorally, what are you going to do when you fall into that quicksand? Get out! Well, how are you going to do it? What behavior are you going to use based on everything you've done before? I'm just going to get just whatever it takes. Just swim and get out. You're going to swim. You're going to swim because swimming would work in any other liquid situation. Like if you fell into a pool of water or a pool of orange juice or a pool of Coca-Cola. God, I want to get a pool of orange juice. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I don't know. Pretty (laughs) sticky. But but swimming would work, right? Here's the thing. If you try to swim in quicksand... What happens? This is yeah. the real thing. This you is actually, the real thing. Look it up. Yeah, you get sucked down. You get stuck. So the way out of quicksand isn't logical. It's right. to stop swimming and it's to increase your surface area. So lay out like a starfish so you're literally contacting as much as possible and you'll float to the top and you know you can gently grab a branch. Yeah. So with anxiety, we actually want to be a starfish and starfish in quicksand. You actually yes. want to connect with, experience, and contact the discomfort in the service of regulating it. And I always yep. tell people like, that's terrifying. Oh. Like you're going to want to swim. You're well, it's kind of like a rip swim. current too, right? It's another metaphor. Oh, exactly. Well, I love that one. I always tell people, we learned that in elementary school. We learned like, you right away. swim you parallel the short. Yeah, yep. you swim parallel the short. You don't find it. So it's the same that's thing. Right. It's the opposite of what your brain is telling you. So, yes. you know, I think, you know, we can uh, kind of leave people with this, this notion that when you're experiencing anxiety and you're experiencing discomfort, instead of, instead of swimming, right? Try being a starfish. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. And I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.